Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you that there are life lessons all around us. I'll also be interviewing Dr. Kathleen Allen, who uses nature as a model, mentor, and muse to rethink how leadership is practiced today. She reviews her book, Leading from the Roots, Nature-Inspired Leadership Lessons for Today's World, which takes nature as a source of inspiration to help organizations see a new way of leading and designing workplace structure. For more information about Dr. Allen, please visit KathleenAllen.net. You may also purchase her book on Amazon or in the previous guests sections in both stores at jamesmillerlifeology.com or at lifeology.tv. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Lessons all around us. Often in life, we become so immersed in our thoughts that we forget that there's a whole world around us. Our electronics are so important to us that as we walk down the street, we're busy answering emails or sending text messages to other people. As you've all heard, many of us don't live in the moment. And what that essentially means is not giving 100% attention to what is happening around you. If you find that you're struggling in your thoughts or in your emotions, one of the best things to do is to literally look around you. You'll be surprised at all the amazing lessons that you will learn today. For example, if you're struggling with depression, if you see the joy that a parent has for their baby as they look into their eyes, it brings you a sense of joy. Or if you have a pet and you come home and that pet is so ecstatic to see you that it brings a smile to your face. Or if you're looking for a spiritual awakening, you have to quiet down your mind to be able to see what's around you. I remember one time I was blessed to be in Ireland and I was just outside of the Cliffs of Moher, which is on the far side of Ireland. And for some reason, I was struggling with something, even though I was in a beautiful location. And I was staying at a hostel, which is a form of a hotel, and I happened to see that there was this old tower off in the distance. So I walked over there, and I had to jump over a couple fences, and I stood next to this amazing tower that had to have been thousands of years old. But as I sat next to it, I happened to look up and didn't realize that I was sitting next to a cliff. And in that cliff, I looked over into this bay and I saw the sun setting in the horizon. The wind was blowing in my face. The seagulls were diving all around me. And it was one of the most spiritual times I've ever had in my life. I often reflect on that memory because I felt so connected to something greater than myself. My point in sharing that is this. When we get so inundated with our thoughts and our emotions and all the things that we feel are important to us, and they are important to us, we lose sight of the lessons that are all around us. 
If we literally slow down and once again live in the moment, and I don't mean to use that as a cliche, but if we do live in the moment to be a part of every single thing we do, when we walk down the street, feel the concrete as our shoes strike the surface. Look at the people and the situations around you. And when you are aware of that, you'll find that you learn so many amazing things about your life or anecdotes that you can apply to your life. Those are the most important lessons you will learn. Unfortunately, if we're not aware of our surroundings or aware of what's happening around us, we will not have those opportunities to grow and develop. Yes, it's wonderful to listen to a show like this, to read a book, and to speak with our friends, but the greatest lessons we will learn are all around us, but we're doing ourselves a disservice if we're not paying attention to it. I have a fantastic guest today, Dr. Kathleen Allen, who's going to talk about that. She has a phenomenal way in which she likens businesses and organizations with nature. You can use this same analogy or example in your own life. So remember, today there are lessons all around us, but unfortunately, if you're not paying attention, you won't learn them. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Dr. Kathleen E. Allen is the author of Leading from the Roots, Nature-Inspired Leadership Lessons for Today's World, and president of Allen & Associates, a consulting firm that specializes in leadership, innovation, and organizational change. In her consulting practice, she specializes in leadership coaching and organizational change in nonprofit organizations, foundations, small to mid-sized businesses, community development, healthcare, higher educational institutions, and collaborative networks. Welcome to my show, Dr. Allen. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> that was a mouthful for me to read. Yeah, you could probably cut a few things there. But, yeah. but that doesn't even describe all the amazing things that you do. So I'm really excited to have you on my show today. So from where are you calling us today? Uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. I'm sure it's very cold up there. It is cold and snowy. <laughs> That's beautiful, though, from a distance, from a picture for me. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Now, I can't wait to talk with you today because your book, Leading from the Roots, Nature-Inspired Leadership Lessons for Today's World, is nothing that like, I've ever heard before. You know, historically, I, I hear more about interpersonal effectiveness and all these different ways in which leaders can grow, but I've actually never heard it bridged with nature before. So we're definitely going to talk about that in a minute. But before that, I want to get a little bit of your origin story. How old were you when you discovered that you had had a natural proclivity or natural gift for leadership? That's a great question. I, I think that I've always had a predisposition to um, mm -hmm. look at the world and uh, be responsible for more than myself. And um, I think that I've also, my parents were very big on leaving the world better than you found mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So that between those two things, I kind of showed up in the world in a different way. I uh, showed up as if um, I could make a difference and I mm -hmm. could make things better. And that goes back to being really small, you know, when mm. three, four, five years old. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, I think that the difference as well for many individuals is when you truly believe something that you can achieve it, it doesn't really matter what anybody else says because your belief system is so um, it's so concrete. In other words, it's, it's factual. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It's just, it's, it's truth to you. And so I think when you're, when someone is that young, really believe that it, the natural course is that it is going to happen. And here you are today as this amazing expert. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> when we look at the whole thing of transitioning from to today, what was the pivotal moment for you to say, you know what, I'm going to create my own practice and I have this amazing gift and I'm going to change all these organizations. Was there a pivotal moment in your life when that happened? Uh Yes, uh, yes. I um, had been working, my previous career was working in higher education, and mm-hmm. I was a vice president, and um, I just got burnt out on administration. Mm-hmm. But even in those contexts, I all, I love to create environments that um, created opportunities for people to achieve their highest possibility. So that was what I was really good at. Mm-hmm. And But as I got burnt out on the administration portion of it, I just decided to take a leap of faith. I thought that maybe I'd gone through about five years of reflection on what my life purpose was before that. And that included trying to figure out what were my unique gifts. Mm-hmm. And um, and then what was I really supposed to do here? You know, what was what what am I meant to do? And I've. I believed at the end of that kind of discernment, five years of it, that I needed to reach out and do this not just for the organization that I was getting paid for, but for a variety of organizations that I work that I could work with. And so I took a leap and it has worked beautifully for me. That's amazing. Congratulations. That is great. Yeah, thank you. So thank you said you. when you were a child that you had this natural understanding of the world and your place in the world and how you wanted to leave a legacy or change change the world for the better. And so you have that natural, I'm, those are my words, not yours, and using you know, that concept of, of your life and then all of a sudden having this ability for organizational change, wanting to help individuals, and then you, you merge those two things together. And my assumption mm-hmm. is, is that's where this book came from. You know, once again, yes. leading from the roots. I mean, that sounds like it's an mm-hmm. amazing correlation or connection between that. Why don't we jump into that as far as okay. when you look around, what were some things that you're like, oh my gosh, this really makes sense to me in a natural world or in the world and in organization? Well, the if nature were said to have a purpose, nature mm-hmm. would purpose would be to create conditions conducive to the life of future generations. Mm-hmm. Now, how beautiful is that? That's creating conditions to, conducive to the life of future generations, and it has three point eight billion years of yes. research and development. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I think it's got this. <laughs> so it has something to teach us. So the whole concept. So nature, when you you know, we're at a time in our world where we can look more deeply into nature and nature's design. Mm-hmm. And there is a group called Biomimicry who literally has been looking deeper into nature and trying to understand how is it fundamentally designed. And that work of bio, uh, Biomimicry, literally using nature as a, men- as a mentor, a mm-hmm. model, and a measure for how we think about stuff just really uh, attracted me. And I've Mm -hmm. always lived and worked and led in social environments. But most of biomimicry is really looking at um, engineering and taking lessons from nature to create better products like the shape of a windmill uh, or the, you know, I have new windows on my house and there's a little insect that exerts an enzyme that now coats windows so that oh, really? dust sloughs off 
the window more and you don't have to wash them as much. <laughs> that's amazing. So that's a biomimicry frame. Yes. Right? But um, for me, I was struck by, you know, what would happen to our organizations if we created conditions conducive to the life of the people in it? What would happen to our organizations if we could have places where both the organization and the people thrived? What would happen if that extended to our customers and to mm -hmm. our supply line? And I just thought there is something here that's very powerful. The way I'm hearing this as well, for the first part you said, is essentially just creating a legacy. When your business or your or nature can create a legacy, it means it's going to be longstanding. It's going to be able to sustain itself. And from that sustainability then allows for offspring, if you will, or progeny or whatever it may be. Uh, and so when you think of that as well, that means that the culture has to thrive. That means that the individuals or each limb or each part of the, of the organization. So in other words, the limbs or the extended appendages of whatever nature has, that is just like the different organizations parts of, you know, you can have like HR, you can have your sales and development, right. so many different elements of that. So when it does work, this is what I'm hearing you say, when it works in concert like that, it is going to be viable. It's going to be sustainable. It's going to be able to move along with the trends or in other words, what, what the evolution is of the of what the environment needs. For example, you know, what was it? Uh, was it Blockbuster? They did not thrive and grow with the trend of streaming a streaming video. And unfortunately, they went out of business where Netflix um, was able to do that and it kind of took it over. So right. the understanding of how can you evolve as opposed to become stagnant? And that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. Say. So for example, in nature, nature always fits form to function. Mm -hmm. That's part of its fundamental design. It has adaptive cycles. Um, releasing is part of an adaptive cycle. If you get attached to a form in your work of lifeology, mm -hmm. if people get attached to a certain identity of who they are yes. and they don't notice what else is happening and showing up in their life and they become rigid in the way they think, that becomes, they get stuck. And then eventually something happens and it creates a significant disruption in their life. Yes. Well, nature just keeps adapting. It, if you think of a, a stream that starts at the uh, melting of ice uh, mm -hmm. and snow on the mountain, it comes down as a trickle, but it, then it turns into backwaters and eddies and mm -hmm. waterfalls and rapids and slow, windy rivers. Um, all of that, in, and it moves form very easily, literally like water. Mm, if you, it does not hold on to stuff in the way that human beings. So one, one of the interesting things about what's the difference in nature and human beings is that you, we have consciousness and we have emotions. Mm -hmm. and a blessing nature, and a burden. <laughs> a blessing and a burden. So yes. our consciousness, our mindsets can cause us to stop our own evolution and development. Yes. Mm -hmm. And our fears can do that or, or our emotions. But nature doesn't have that. So it, it fits form to function. So it had, has caused me to ask questions like, how can I listen better? How can I create or help organizations learn to listen better to mm -hmm. what is happening around them? And then actively choose to adapt instead of actively choose or unconsciously choose to resist. And when you make that shift, a whole bunch of things change. Yes. And I was going to ask you, ask you this as well is with all of your work that you've done, what is one of the key factors that you've noticed where a lot of organizations just don't do that? They don't learn to listen. They don't learn to, to really adapt 
to, to the trends? Well, two things. One is that most of our organizations are not considered living systems. Mm-hmm. They aren't, uh, they're considered objects. And when mm. we objectify our organization, we also objectify the people in them. And ah. objects don't grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. They're not like human beings, but human beings, we do grow and evolve. So if somebody says you're replaceable, you know, you leave and we'll get someone else right, right away. That right. obviously minimizes one's, <laughs> one's, uh, one's self and it minimizes right. their position. I mean, it's, it doesn't feel good at all. Right. And objects are confined. Um, you know, if you think of a copy, coffee cup, it's mm-hmm. a confined, bounded existence. It doesn't connect to its larger environment, mm-hmm. but nature and life is all about connection. It's all about relationship. We are in an interdependent system. So when you're in an interdependent system, you're going to be looking outside of yourself to see what's coming your way and what's changing Mm -hmm. in the external environment. But if you're an object, you just try to use power and resources to power up and not change. To muscle it, sure. To muscle it through, kind of. And so that's one of the reasons. And then the other is I've just been enjoying reflecting on what I call um, where how feedback and uh, dysfunction shows up in organizations. Mm -hmm. And when you go into teams or divisions or overall um, whole organizations, and there's lots of rich and diverse feedback loops, information that people are paying attention to and listening to, they tend to be really healthy and high-performance places. And if you go into a department where somebody just doesn't want to listen, and they are, their people are trying to give them feedback that says, you know, you're not being very effective here, and mm-hmm. you're blocking the work or whatever. I call those kind of feedback dead zones, and they almost always are associated with dysfunction and lower productivity, mm-hmm. and they create real problems um, for our organizations to move forward. And one of the things about living systems is that living systems scale. So if you have a problem individually, you also have a problem in the team. You have a similar problem and you have a similar problem in a community or an organization. So it's uh, it's really interesting to just notice how the how the power of feedback Mm -hmm. can and its presence or absence and how we listen or we don't listen, how we respond or how we don't respond can shape the pain or the joy in our lives. Yeah, that's, that's beautifully said. You know, I, I was just kind of thinking about that as well as you were saying this is, you know, you think of a splinter in, some, in, a, in a human, you know, a splinter in my, in my finger or something. That's all I think about. That's all I feel mm-hmm. until I can get it out because it's, it may mm-hmm. not be this pervasive fear of this. I don't hurt, but it's just, it's annoying. <laughs> what would be some <laughs> of the things that you would say for an internal audit, if you will, of for organizations to be able to really say, well, let me, let's check the pulse of this. Let's see what's going really well. Let's see where some of these stop gaps are, where some of these individuals may be stopping us from growing and development, developing. What would be some ways in which they could do that? So one of my uh, consulting parts practices is to go in and help organizations think about, look, uh, transform their cultures. And mm-hmm. one of my th- Two of my favorite questions in those culture culture audits are what drains your energy at work Mm. and what generates positive energy at work. And those two answers are very revealing. So when you ask people what is draining their energy, they almost always talk about a process, a team, sometimes it's a person uh, that is somehow rather interfering with their ability to bring their best, most authentic self to work and all of their talents as well. 
And what creates positive energy when you listen to them, it's they believe that they're doing work that matters. Mm, They have a higher shared purpose. They are able to build relationships that are authentic and uh, they have relationships built on reciprocity. Mm -hmm. So it's not a kind of a rank order. One person matters more than another. And when you have those things in an organization and a culture, it changes how we work. But when I think about leadership and leading from the roots, there's two kind of fundamental principles here. One is what can we learn from nature's design Mm -hmm. and can we design our organizations to reward cooperation, to uh, fit form to function, to uh, running on sunlight, a free mm-hmm. renewable mm-hmm. resource, which I think is human energy, yes. uh, to uh, reward cooperation and bank on diversity, to tap the power of limits. That's one section. But then you also have to kind of shift your mental uh, model of your organization from an object to a living system. And when you start leading from a living system mindset, you start acknowledging that the system already is moving. It's not a static thing. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to look at that. Sure. Um, And it changes that people only support what they help to create. They only pay attention to what matters. They are interdependent. They grow Mm -hmm. with information and knowledge. Um, And when you start leading from that framework, it changes the way you lead, literally. It means that top-down decision-making isn't going to get bottom-up um, exactly. buy-in. Uh, support and mm-hmm. buy-in. Uh, so, so once you start treating people as a living system and you start leading with a different way, in a different way, then a whole bunch of things become possible. Yes. Your leadership questions change. Instead of how do I create change, how do I transform mm. the energy that's like already that. That's already there. there. Sure. You know, instead of who's going to make this happen, you say, well, what connections and interactions will make this work? Mm-hmm. Instead of um, what do I need to control, you're asking what do I need to unleash? I really like those the reframes. Very different. I really like the non-objectification. In other words, it's just someone can fill any spot or position. You're really valuing the work. You're valuing your employees because each one of them have a say. You know, you think about the assembly line for Ford Motors when it was first created. If every if one person didn't do this, then perhaps they were only supposed to do one little bolt. And that was their their lifelong mission. Mm-hmm. If they didn't do that, well, the car couldn't run at all. And so I think so many times in organizations, we forget about that assembly line approach and the sense of everybody has so much value. And I love how you're able mm-hmm. to take this from a nature-inspired concept because what all you have to do is just go outside or look outside and you can immediately have an understanding of, wow, I want my business to be able to thrive just the way I see nature. Because like you said, billions of years of this has been proven already. So it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things I love about Uh, nature is that as nature evolves into old growth forest Mm -hmm. and more mature Mm -hmm. ecologies like uh, prairies and um, uh, coral reefs, Mm -hmm. they become much more diverse. And one of the things that happens is that the diversity of of, um, species begin to create these relationships, cooperative relationships, Mm -hmm. where the nutrient that one species needs is actually something that another species has in abundance. And so they create these relationships. Mm -hmm. You can kind of imagine the clownfish hanging out Mm -hmm. in kelp 
and the clownfish generates more oxygen that the kelp need, and the kelp has more protection for yes. the clownfish yeah, from exactly. predators, right? So that this, uh, so what I love is the idea, the possibility that we could actually create generous systems in our organizations. Mm-hmm. Instead of systems that seem to be driven on self-interest and financial yes. measures of success. Exactly, because the metrics of success are going to be completely different. And those right. metrics of those people who have not yet evolved, they're not going to be sustainable. And that's right. perhaps when you see that there's so a high turnover rate or you see that that business is struggling significantly, it's probably because, just like you said, they have not created this symbiotic relationship or just really understood that the value of each of their of their employees is so significant because as you grow as an organism, then you grow and develop for what the change is in the world around you. Yes, absolutely. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today, Dr. Allen. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, all the amazing things you're doing, and to purchase this book, Leading from the Roots, Nature-Inspired Leadership Lessons for Today's World, where would they find this information online? Um, you can follow me on my website, www.kathleenallen, with a K, kathleenallen.net. Um, and if you're interested, I write a weekly blog on lessons from nature uh, that you can apply to your own leadership or your own work in organizations. And you can sign up for that on my website as well. Wonderful. And so if people would like to purchase your book as well, where would they find that? Purchase it from your book, favorite bookstore or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever. Excellent. So my listeners know I also do this as well. If my listeners aren't able to find your book, once again, Leading from the Roots, Nature-Inspired Leadership Lessons for Today's World, they may find it in the previous guests sections in the store at both of my websites, jamesmillerlifeology.com and lifeology.tv. Dr. Allen, it was such a pleasure getting to know Uh, you and speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciated the time. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.